motivation needs to come from from yourself. So for me, I, I really love the movement of running and spending time in the nature. And then the combination of that, then you have trail running or sky running or mountain running. Like it, it's uh, something I really like. That is one thing. So you have to be interesting in doing it. And the other thing is that I think happiness in your life matters a lot. Like if you have uh, good relationships and like with your, if you have a partner or friends and your family, like it, all the things need to have like a good relationship there. Um, that I think matters a lot. And for me, I'm, I'm very happy with my life. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I think my life is fantastic. And that matters a lot. Welcome or welcome back to the Virtuan podcast, Running Long. I'm your host, Francesco Puppi, and I'm a professional athlete for Nike and also a Virtuan coach. Today's guest is Stian Angermund, a professional trail runner for ASICS living in Norway and your 2023 short trail world champion. Stian is one of the most humble, well-known and respected athletes in the trail running world and he managed to repeat himself in the last edition of the Trail World Championship in Innsbruck after his gold medal in Thailand last year. In this episode, we chat about his approach to the race in Austria, his preparation leading up to it, about the World Championship as an event and the place it occupies within the trail running landscape, about Stian's consistency at such a high level for so many years, about his professional running career and how it's changed, now that he's also a husband, a dad, and a 36-year-old man with a lot of experience. For those of you who are new here, Bertrand is the number one app for trail and ultramarathon runners of all levels. Our mission is to make trail running accessible to everybody everywhere through affordable coaching. This is why all our coaching plans cost $25 a month. With your Bertrand subscription, you will get a personal coach who checks in with you each week to answer your questions, adjust your training plan, and keep you accountable and inspired. This year, Bertrand is the official online coaching for the UTMB Mont Blanc event and the Skyrunner World Series. Discover more on our app and unlock your best finish ever with Bertrand. So here we go. Without further ado, Stian Angermund, 2023 Short Trail World Champion. Stian Angermund, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to catch up uh after just one week from uh, our race, how are you feeling? Yeah, I feel, feel good. Yes, yeah, uh, one week today. So it's, uh, yeah, now I'm back uh, back home in uh, in Norway again. It has been uh, some good week in Innsbruck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, congrats uh, on such a world-class performance. Um, I think, you know, to win the first World Mountain and Trail Running Championship is one thing, but to to repeat the feat after just uh, six months is uh, is incredible. So um, yeah, maybe like how you feel after this second world title, and um, if you've had some reflections about your race uh, from the days after. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. It was. Uh... Yes, I said in other interviews, like it's a dream come true. It was, 
it was a big goal, like the main goal of my season. And it's, uh, I am very happy to achieve the goal, especially in this, uh, this start, like the field with so many strong runners, like including yourself. <laughs> like, and con- congrats on your race, by the way. Thanks. So it's, uh, yeah, it was a brutal race and I'm very happy to, to finish this, this good. And uh, yeah, to me, it means a lot to, to be able to achieve this goal. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I think uh, the World Championship is to me like the ultimate thing you can run in, in trail running. And I think it's so cool that so many nations and athletes are uh, focusing on this race and going to, to the World Championship and make this uh, as maybe one of the toughest races of the year. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, how's the recovery been so far? Yeah, now it's starting to be good. Like the first uh, first hours and days of the race was uh, not the best. Like I was uh, quite tired after the race, as you were and yeah. most of the others. Uh, that that was like uh, media, like uh, talking with media, doping control, and uh, another marathon of selfies. So uh, it took, it took like I don't know three hours or something after race until I start uh, was eating. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> and then, and then uh, yeah after the, the night before the race, I think I was like two hours, and the night after race maybe three or four hours. So it was not a lot of sleep, and the next night after that was not good either. So it was good to go home and actually have some proper nights with sleep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel a little bit the same because like uh, in these big races, the race doesn't really finish after the finish line because there is always yeah. so much to do after after it. Exactly. Whether that's, you know, media or doping controls or like people that want to talk to you, of course. So yeah. to find some time for recovery is never easy. And then I always have some troubles to sleep like the days after a race, especially more than the days before, actually. Okay. So yeah. it's not ideal for for recovery, and then I think there was also like all the excitement for for the world championship for you know my teammates and all the other athletes that I went to to cheer on the courses. So yeah, it's not been ideal, but it's it's been for sure a lot of fun, <laughs> and I think it was. Yeah, I, I saw you were running a lot around like on the ultra and the classic up and down to exactly. support the athletes. I, yeah. I was also there, but I think I don't think I run that much around as you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so maybe, yeah, I wanted to start this conversation from, of course, the the race, the short trail race at the World Championship, which you won. Uh, in second place, it was Thomas Roach from Great Britain. And in third place, our my teammate, actually, Luca Dottero, yeah. who did an, an incredible race. Um, maybe just describe a little bit how the course was. And um, I think it really suited your characteristics like it was a course that was very well designed for what your strengths are um how were you feeling about it and how did you handle it yeah i think the the course i, I liked it a lot it's uh has a lot of elevation gain it's, it's not yeah. too flat it has some technical sections it's, uh in my opinion i can uh, i like more, more technical stuff like the more more sections of it I think it was was fun. Like I like the first part when you run the north side of the valley in Innsbruck, where you run through the the forest there, with all the routes. And I was yeah. uh, I had a training run there, 
two weeks before the race or something, and then was wet. And I was uh, I was falling several times because it was slippery. Uh, so, uh, but uh, during the race, it was dry and no problem to run there. I like like this part a lot. And then we had your section. It was more <laughs> runnable, in uh, where after the aid station, they were run could run very fast. But just for ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that. <laughs> yeah, but then we went in into the forest again, and then it was uh, we went through another village like Birgits, I think it's called. Uh, that section is also very fast and. Uh, and then we had this first big, big climb, or the longest climb of the race, up to, yeah. I don't remember the summit there, but that was, uh, uh, yeah, a solid good climb. Uh, had It was not that steep, but like a little bit steeper at the end of the climb. Uh, but I, yeah, I like to have like a solid uphill. And the traverse up on the, the highest point there was also good. Like we run through this uh, old snow avalanche place. Uh, I run. I was running there two weeks before the race, and it was not very easy to run there at all. Yeah, there was, was a lot uh, of snow. But there was a lot of snow, but now they, I think, they went up there with the shovel or something to try to mm. make some kind of trail there, and it was like way, way easier to to run there. Yeah, and then we had this, uh, yeah, the second downhill. It was also yeah, okay downhill. There, my focus was to not run too fast, like if you did not smash my legs. And after this, uh, the second downhill, then was like a part of the race. I think was beautiful, beautiful. like the ro- yeah. the rolling part. Yeah, uh, a couple of kilometers there where uh, I was focusing to run very fast there. Yeah, I think you you pushed really hard in that section because I was like checking the Strava segment, and you probably ran a couple of minutes faster than anyone else on uh, about twenty five minutes section. So yeah, I mean. It's a good push. <laughs> it was a good push, but I had to pay for it in the last uphill. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that that was the last uphill where we were, it was not very steep. We were running this uh, cycling path, or yeah. I don't know, it was cycling, but it was uh, very smooth trail. Bit, yeah, yeah, it was a little bit frustrating not cutting the corners <clears throat> because it was so so flat some places. Yeah, I just need to run like zigzag instead of like running straight. But uh, yeah. <laughs> And after the last refreshing point, I think it was uh, the course uh, changed to be very beautiful. Yeah. Up to the highest point, and then this last downhill, like around fourteen hundred meters, was brutal. And there, there with the uh, with the rain, made it made it very challenging to run down there. It was quite slippery, yeah, and muddy. Um, yeah. Did you it was, fall? It was a good challenge. I didn't fall. I think you did, yeah. right? Yeah, I did. Mm. So, yeah. but I had to like hold on to bushes and everything to make the corners, like to make yeah. the turns. Yeah. And sometimes was, uh... I figured out it was better to just step like next to the trail to run on the grass instead to have like uh... more traction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so some more grip. Yeah. Some more grip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was uh, like to me, it felt a lot like uh, basically an uphill race for yeah. un- like until the very last downhill because like the <laughs> yeah, little true. downhills that we had were like very short. So it felt like we were like always climbing for four hours and then just a big downhill at the end. So yeah, uh, yeah, very tough race um, for sure. I, I've been I have been thinking about like if the finish line will be like uh, when you know when it, there where the finish line was, if they had like yeah. changed it, you have to run up like let's say fifty or hundred vertical meters after that. That wouldn't be possible after like smashing your legs fourteen hundred meters down and then yeah. like you yeah, run a little bit uphill. I was like no no. 
yeah <laughs> that that would be possible <laughs> yeah it was absolutely brutal for for the legs and for sure it gave us a lot of doms and uh, and pains after after the race yeah. it's not many races where they have like this long downhills yeah that's true and usually it's, it's, it's they're a bit shorter like maybe yeah. 1000 meters but almost could be yeah this was like 1400 so it's pretty long yeah <laughs> um cool so how do you manage to always stay like so much in control and like may make your move just when you wanted to to push and you know it it, it seemed like you were able to handle the race from the front and like be always in control and make your move just when you want it and uh win um you made it look so easy but i'm sure it was i mean it was but not not that much uh there was uh maybe it looked like i had control but uh <laughs> i did i didn't feel i have a lot of control starting with the with the beginning of the race when we did this neutral section yeah and when we stopped there i start to feel really bad i start to feel uh, like dizzy and start to see like some black spots around. I struggle with balance. I don't know what happened there, but uh, maybe I was nervous. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, you mean for the first I... three minutes? Yeah, when we stopped mm. before, yeah. like we had like the real start. Yeah. There I, str I did struggle a lot. Uh, I had, when I was uh, a teenager, I did uh, actually pass out once because I had low iron level. Wow. And it was some of the same feeling but i checked my iron level like a month ago and it was very good mm. so i know it was not that but uh, yeah it was very strange feeling i thought actually that my race was over there i was uh, about to like collapse uh, and not, not be able to run but luckily when we started running like after a few minutes i start to feel okay like maybe 15 minutes into the race i start to feel like better and uh i haven't had that feeling since then so mm -hmm. um that's weird but yeah a bit yeah it's strange i don't know what it was but uh yeah i've been focusing on this race for a long time and then i've done uh, a lot of training and did uh, a lot of tapering before the race to feel like to have good legs to, to have, like yeah be be ready for uh for the race and i feel that um to have like if not too many races during the year you're focusing on like mm. to have a yeah yeah not not too many. I think that is uh, a key, especially for me, and also uh, because I'm very often too relaxed before a race. So w w yeah, I, I don't know why, but I'm very relaxed. I'm just yeah, I just do what I do at training. But if I uh, focusing on the race on over time and train specific for the race, then I become very nervous, and then I know I can perform at my best level. Huh. And, and, this, and this race was that. Yeah, this race was that. Like I have been, was very nervous. I was really focusing on this race, and to me, it's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. So you don't uh, like to be, like you 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 like to be under a little bit of stress and pressure rather than being yeah, too relaxed. Yeah. Like uh, it's it's not like I was like yes, I enjoy yeah. to be stressed, uh, yeah. but. <laughs> It's it's a good thing to be, have a little bit of this uh, nervous uh, feel yeah. feel some feel nervous before the race. Yeah, I so, think it's um, it's a trigger yeah. for you know 
being focused and putting your 100% on on the race uh make sure like your activation level is is enough not not above like what is what is good but not too far below um the the optimal yeah. zone um and i think it's a problem when you tend to over race because like after after a while every race becomes the same and you're not feeling excited or motivated or you know your activation level is not optimal for the race because it's an experience that you repeat over and over so i think the feeling of putting on a bib should always be different from that of a training run but then you go there yeah, and you are absolutely yeah and then you go there but you're like the only thing you have to do is to just repeat what you what you've built during training so i think yeah. there is these two things that need to go uh side to side together uh and if you can achieve that is is the perfect day yeah that's that's true for me when it comes to nerve uh feeling nervous that was a big change when i did uh as a teenager i did biathlon you know the ski yeah. and shooting yeah and when i was uh we called it recruit that was like before uh like up to 16 years old 15 16 then like you don't uh carry your gun it's like on the shooting range and during those years i was super nervous i struggled like you could sit at the during breakfast i struggled to eat like slice one slice of bread it could take like two hours <laughs> Yeah, it was, I was not hungry. And then when I started a race, I was super hungry. And then I would become like, uh, we call it junior, uh, mm-hmm. when you are 16, 17 years old and start to carry a gun. Then everything changed. I was like, start to be very relaxed before the start. And since then, I've been like very relaxed before the start. So I, I just, yeah, <laughs> there, was, there, there something happened there. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know what, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so this time was, uh, was, at like the pressure the feeling was was optimal yeah i think so cool um <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about your your preparation you mentioned that you didn't do too many races this year you went to to istria 42k in uh mid april no actually the 69k you did um in istria yeah. in april which you won was that the only race that you did during your preparation yeah, I've done some local races at home mm-hmm. that you use for, uh, for training. Yeah, and it's it's fun. So yeah. uh, we have this. Uh, my running club here has some uh, track races. So mm-hmm. I did like one one track race there, like a three thousand meter, and then I did uh, some uphill races. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's fun. Cool. Yeah. So nice like it's, training so, tests. Yeah, it's like good training. Like you show up, and maybe not in the best legs. Like uh, yeah. legs could feel heavy, but like it's fun to compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the the Easter race, uh, that was my first time in Croatia, and I did this race because I wanted to qualify for the OCC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was <clears throat> very flat, very flat to run there in Croatia, but uh, it was nice atmosphere, and I was very happy to uh, to to run this race with uh, my teammate uh, in Asics, uh, Andre. Yeah. Uh, and then we were uh, yeah we were running the this race together. That was nice. Yeah um so how how did you structure your preparation you know you you were coming from of course the the world championship win last year in thailand uh i i imagine you took a break at the end of the year after thailand um yep and then it was winter um so can you go through like all the different phases of your preparation until this world championship 
Yeah. Uh, I started like after after Thailand. I took uh, I think it was three weeks off. That's something I do after uh, every season. I take uh, some weeks off and try to uh, make as much distance away from running as possible. That means like physically and mentally. Then I try to disconnect on as much as I can on social media and every uh, yeah all the websites about running everything. Mm-hmm. And I try try to avoid running. And uh, yeah, and do some strength training and maybe biking if it's uh, not too wet and cold. Like biking is something I do only when it's good weather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And after that, I started to do uh, more training again. And most of the training there is like easy long runs. Uh, so I do that and I start to do threshold intervals where the total volume is around 40 minutes. And then the length of the intervals, uh, I do a variation. It could be like everything from four minutes to 12 minutes. I try to do like, yeah, I just, uh, sometimes I just create the session when I'm starting the session. Another, like I do some variation there. Do you always do them on a climb or also on the flat? Uh, I, most of them are uphill. But I'm trying to do, let's say I do a session where I run, for example, like seven times seven minutes uphill yeah. with one, one minute rest on the treadmill. And then I can, uh, and I put in on maximum incline, that is 20%. Yeah. And after that, I could maybe like change uh, the incline to zero. And I uh, uh, increase the, the speed and I run, for example, 10 times 45, 15 like 45 minutes full gas and 15 min- uh, fifteen seconds uh, standing still. Yeah. And I do that just to try to uh, practice this uh, change of running uphill and be slow to have like some more speed. Yeah. The the transition, the so, biomechanics. I, it's rare that I do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, it's a little bit bad connection there. So I, uh, I lose you something uh, now. No, but, no worries. But the... Uh, yeah, so most most of my intervals are almost all of my intervals are uphill. Yeah. So it's very rare that I run flat intervals. But I've done a few of them now this uh, spring with uh, when I run up to this local track we have, and I'm just trying to run. Uh, yeah, w- with the others I find up there to follow them. So uh, and yeah, during the winter I'm trying to in December I'm slowly like increasing the volume from week by week. Uh, and then in January, February, March is maybe the time of the year I do the most training. Mm-hmm. That is around maybe, I don't know exactly, but maybe around 100, 100 hours a month. Okay. Uh, oh. And then, yeah, I mix it uh, yeah, with, with the long runs and the threshold runs. That is, has been some, some on treadmill. And when it's conditions is okay outside, I do it outside. Sometimes running on snow, and if it's no snow, it's yeah, it's fine to run. And I'm building up to the total interval time is increasing uh, slowly. And I think uh, the longest interval time I had before this race was maybe an hour and fifteen on on the threshold uh, intensity. Wow! How do you make sure that you stay at the threshold? Do you have a heart rate, or like what do you use to monitor your intensity? I have a heart rate monitor, but I'm very rare that I use it. Yeah. So it's mostly by feeling. Okay. And I also see when I if 
it depends on the sessions, but let's say I run uh, a local hill uh, back here. I've done this several times. So there could be, for example, running up this four times. Then I also see if I'm able to run at the same, around the same time for all the intervals. And I have a kind of uh, rule or something I'm trying to follow is that after the last interval, I should be able to run one more at the same level if I have mm -hmm. to. So I try not to kill myself on this session, even yeah. though I'm very tired after it because it's the recovery is to run down the hill. So the recovery is very long. So that means like I'm, I'm getting very tired of uh, running maybe 1500 vertical meters up and down yeah. or 1600 in one, one session. It's, uh, it's tough yeah. when you combine it with all the long runs and everything. So yeah. <laughs> and wow. uh, yeah, and then when it's closer to the race, I try to uh some of the sessions i do in uh, higher intensity like uh, i don't know what you call like uh, the the level above uh, anaerobic threshold yeah so max feel, or yeah max. So i do yes i do some some sessions uh in that level there of course like the total volume is way way uh lower it could be around half an hour so uh and yeah and before the race i do a lot of tapering so I can say what uh, what I did in Innsbruck. I went there around two and a half weeks before the race. And the first eight days, I did uh, around 2,000 vertical meters a day in average, running running the course, running intervals in the course, like easy long runs and intervals. And then the last uh, seven, eight days, I did uh, all very minimum training, like shorter yeah. and short, shorter sessions. And then on, uh, yeah, the race was uh, Thursday, so on the Monday before the race, I did uh, five times two minutes on, on the track with, uh, with Sylvia, my teammates in, from Norway. Mm -hmm. So we were running there, uh, those two minutes intervals. And I think I run, in two minutes, I was running uh, 700, I don't know, 10 meters or something. Wow. So it was, uh, it was a good session to yeah. get some speed in, to get... Some, uh, some three minutes pace. Yeah, something like 250 or I don't know, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> good. Yeah, like the tune-up workout before before the race. Do you ever yeah, do... Like... Do you ever do That's long it. runs at at race pace or or like do do your long runs... Are, or are your long runs always at easy intensity or do you include some sections that are at higher intensity? How do you tend to structure them? Yeah, most of my long runs is uh, is easy, but now and then I do some, uh, uh, I can also, of course, do some, instead of an interval, I just run constantly hard for uh, as a long run. Yeah. Where uh, I also run there hilly, so that makes uh, the kind of like natural interval. Where it's hard uphill and hard flat, and it's uh, easier downhill, because I try not to kill myself in the downhills. Like run too fast because then the recovery is way longer. Yeah. So then, like it, then it's natural, like the intensity go down there. So I do also that, but most of it is uh, doing by intervals. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So for downhill running, do you think? Um, like obviously you're a really good downhiller. Do you think your your skills on the downhill, um, like you can build them by just building the habit to stay on the trails? And even even if you don't do like a downhill at full gas or at race pace, but you run easy, 
you you can still develop that ability to run so well on a technical downhill, for example. I, I think when it comes to downhill running, is uh, then the feeling matters. If you feel like it's it's good or not, I think uh, so. But I think it's important to do a lot of downhill running. But I feel like uh, th thank you for saying that I'm good at this. I don't oh, feel yeah. like I'm very good good in downhill <laughs> running. Uh, but I think uh, let's say if you if you took everyone that was on the world championship and we start at the top of the last climb and say go first one to go to the finish, then I I won't be as fast. But I think yeah. the the pace I will run, like when just start on the top and run down, is maybe the same pace I will do in the in the race as we did now. Yeah. So uh, for me, I think I just when I have to and I, I struggle by myself to run past downhill. Like I only run past downhill if I have to. If not, there's like some kind of mental block that saves me, like not not push. <laughs> but so it, must, on, on my... it must be enough to be like to perform so well in in the downhill. I think so. Why yeah, you, well, when you are in, you in the faster? front of the world, <laughs> running the world championship, like you know the others are just behind you. You have to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, you have so, good but, motivation. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. But I do now and then some downhill intervals. Okay. And that is uh it's a very short uh, session and the reason for me, for having it short is uh, two reasons. One is that to have minimum impact on your total training mm -hmm. and the other is that you need to stay focused so you don't don't get injured. Yeah. And the interval the session is very simple. It's just like you find the the finish line and then you walk up to the start and make the start line. <laughs> and I think the Interval should not be longer than two, three minutes. And then you just jog down easily the first time, and that is the first interval. And then you walk up, and then you're going to beat your time. And you do that six, seven times, and then you stop. And you stop like before this got gets too serious. All right. That was a fun cool. interruption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. So, so, yeah, you were talking about uh, this downhill session um, with intervals. To me, it's very interesting because I'm always like looking for ways to improve my downhill skills, which are not world class. Like, I think I'm okay sometimes um, when I have to. Yeah, doing well. I'm okay. Uh, yeah. I'm not the best, not the worst. Um, but for sure, there is a lot of room for improvement. So, always looking for yeah, tips and to, to work. And I think it's. Uh difficult part when it comes to this trail or mountain running whatever you can call this it's uh to find the balance when you run up and downhill yeah to find uh something that works like you want to get down like the last downhill is okay because then you're not going up again but during the race you need to run the the downhill smoothly without like destroying your legs completely yeah and I saw like in, in this race uh, in the world championship in the first downhill, then Jonathan Alban come by and he was like flying down this hill. And I didn't want to like lose him, but still like I don't want to run too fast because then I will suffer later on in the race. So he, he did get like a small gap. And uh, because I decided, okay, I don't want to follow him. It's, it's too fast for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to be intentional and to to make smart moves. So... Like yeah. if you feel that someone is not running at your pace, just let it go and uh, you can catch up later when there is a section of the race that is more suitable for yeah. you. And like if you, for sure, I think the first 10K uh, of this race, even if the elevation profile was still quite demanding because we were climbing almost uh, 
700 meters in the first 10k for the yeah. overall economy of the race it didn't really matter because we all knew that the race would start on the second climb which was really big and there was still plenty of climbing to to do so yeah. i think in the end it's, it's important to to make all these considerations and to you know push when it matters but try to think about the big picture not just uh, the moment when you're running and uh, yeah, you might feel good at one moment and you can push, but then you will pay for it. So, yeah, that's true. It's about pacing it right. Yeah. And they're like, we're a aiming for the best average pace. That's what exactly. matters. The best so, average uh, pace wins the race. It's always important to keep that perspective. <laughs> that, 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 that's true, but it's hard to for like, it's easy to forget it yeah. during the race. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Thank you so much for listening to Running Long. In this quick break, I just wanted to share with you a message from one of the athletes that we coached through Bertrand named Earl. Earl is from the United States and in April he finished the Big Turtle 50 miler in Kentucky, beating his previous PR by over two hours. He says, completing goals is a lot easier when you have a support team and a coach. I started with Bertrand in January 2022 and it's made a huge difference. I initially thought coaches were just for elite runners until I tried it for myself. The small amount I pay monthly is a steal. Coaching keeps me motivated, answers my questions, and the ongoing adjustments during training help me stay healthy. We were really proud to be able to coach Earl and watch his progress as an athlete. This is just one example of the progress that our athletes have had thanks to Bertrand. Earl is an explorer athlete who trains with our $25 a month coaching subscriptions. If you want to try out Bertrand Coaching 2, remember that you can get a 30% discount as a podcast listener with the code RUNNINGLONG30. Back to the podcast. How was your preparation for this World Championship different from the one that you did for Talent, if it was for any reason? It was, uh, yeah, had longer preparation. Like in uh, when we're going, we're going to Thailand and I was... Uh, my goal for last year was to win the Skyrunning World Championship and the Trail Running World Championship. And at the Skyrunning uh, World Championship, that was in the first part of September. Yeah. And the Trail Running World Championship was, uh, what was it, like the beginning of November? November, yeah. I think November yeah. 5th. Yeah, so it was around a month, uh, around two months, almost two months uh, later. But at the Skyrunning World Championship, then my body didn't work at all. I, I was... I made it to the start of the vertical and felt horrible and the sky race I couldn't do. So that was a big disappointment for, disappointment for me. And the reason for this was that our daughter didn't sleep very well for from February until September last year. She was like waking up, I don't know, yeah. 10 to 15 times a night and <laughs> uh, struggled to sleep again. So that was, uh, was very tough when it comes to performance. Like you, you survive during your training, but like it's hard to be at your best level. So we, we figure out in September that she can't drink milk and then uh, she will sleep. Have, have been sleeping well since then, so it's good. <laughs> but uh, it took me, like my girlfriend, she told me that I could uh, like sleep uh, a different place two weeks before the Skyrunning World Championship. Uh, so we did. And I, by doing that, I just felt more and more tired. I don't know hmm. why, but I was super tired. And it took me two weeks after Skyrunning World Championship to be able to recover from all this really bad sleep for half a year. 
so a month of good sleep was was uh, what was needed and after that i could start doing very well preparation for uh, the championship in thailand so that made me i think i had like four or five good weeks of training and before I start tapering for the world championship there and uh, by this race in innsbruck i had like uh, yeah good sleep so i could uh, do way way bigger block of training and that helps yeah 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 so it's for sure been pretty different and um with relation to the type of course like of course thailand was a much different race um a lot faster uh a lot less yeah. technical um i think this one in Innsbruck would suit better your characteristics um did you change anything in your training based on on this information uh not much i uh no i think i did much of the same i think yeah maybe the total volume of some of the the intervals were <clears throat> longer yeah so i th think you can do much of the same training for both races uh, except uh the heat yeah like you need to train differently for that so what i did in before thailand i took uh, my bike and uh, put in uh in a sauna I was sitting there feeling miserable and did that a couple <laughs> of times. Uh, and that helps for uh, acclimatizing. Yeah. And the race in Thailand was brutal with the first downhill, like around 1,000 vertical meters downhill and non-technical at all. Yeah. So, some on pavement. And that was, uh, that was like the, the most difficult part of the whole course, in my opinion. You yeah. have to run fast down there, but not too fast. Yeah, I remember... Um... For me, yeah, it definitely felt hard because it was fast. Yeah. yeah. But then to, to to restart the second climb when you made the move and you got a gap, that was probably the hardest part for me. I, I still managed to run decently on, on that climb because I was dropping. You, you did very you did very well, but you were struggling <laughs> with this bottle. <laughs> I was struggling a little bit with the refreshment, right? Um yeah. but then I caught up with John and uh, and Max and you were already yeah. gone. Then of course yeah. I managed to drop them and get a gap which was enough to to secure the second place in the final downhill, but um it was yeah, I did very well. You did very fun. well there. But like <laughs> I remember better. this this down I remember this downhill with uh, Max King was flying downhill. Yeah. And John was following like okay, I have to. I have to follow. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't let I can't let them go. That was uh, yeah yeah. Ha happy both managed to stay uh, stay with them, but that was tough. Yeah, in some sections there, like to like it was not that difficult to follow, but I was more worried about like destroying my legs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so I felt awesome. that this race in this race in uh, in Innsbruck was like the same more or less, but one more uphill. Yeah, yeah, definitely more, more demanding yeah. Uh, profile. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and final question about the World Championship: What was your impression about the this championship overall, like the whole World Championship experience? Because to me, for like maybe the first time, it felt like a proper big World Championship with an atmosphere of a big event. Um, and of course, I think there is still room to grow and things that needs to be improved but um, like how do you feel about it and uh, what was your experience yeah much of the same i think it was a very very good and uh, well organized championship 
and it was uh, I think they did a lot of things right to make uh, maximum attention around the the, the whole thing the li- the live sending was good yeah it, of what I heard I haven't seen it uh, the, I saw the vertical some of the vertical I saw but uh, yeah from I what I'm seeing also- the, the vertical was actually the the worst one uh, I think they had some problem with the filming in the in the okay. middle section but I mm-hmm. saw part of the the long race and the up and down race while we were there on the course to to cheer because we wanted to know you know how oh, the yeah, race was uh, was developing where we were on mm-hmm. the course and it looked amazing like really super super well done yes yeah, so i think it's a lot of good thing i think it's uh, as you said like it's still things to improve like for example there was uh one uh, oh sorry i'm very horrible with names i'm very sorry for it but the girl, the French girl, amazing girl, have won our race. Yeah. Uh, Clementine uh, Geoffrey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh, I, I need to be better in names. But uh, yeah, she she's, uh, I never met her before, but I was talking a little bit with her after race and very kind person. But she, there was no tape when she finished. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I think it was a mistake. Um, yeah. I heard, heard it was a mistake and they yeah. uh, made it up again in ultra. So, like, this is something, uh, of course, it should hopefully not happen again. Exactly. And also, and also, they stopped the live sending after the first four women, is what I heard. Hmm. So, I think maybe it could be better in the future to maybe start all the women before the men, maybe <laughs> an hour before mm-hmm. or two, I don't know. And then we can have like two different races and maybe easier to make the same uh, coverage for both. Like you yeah. can, both men and women can have the same uh, media focus. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely uh, something important to to think about to give uh, equal space and time to the men's and women's race. And I think if you film um, the races at the same time, it's it's not that easy. To, like in, I think in the end, since the men's are are faster. Mm it's easy to end up with a production that focuses very much on the men's race and a little less on the women's race, even if it's not by by purpose, but to have two separate starts would probably allow to put more focus and more attention on just the woman. And then when it's the man's turn on the man's race, the thing is that it will probably require more, more people, more camera runners, more drones and just people to film. So yeah, it's not easy, yeah, but we need to to push for that. For, for sure. that yeah, of course, it will require more. Uh, the camera runners could be the same. Like uh, they run like one section and then they wait yeah. for the next start to run a section there. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, something that maybe c- could uh, help to make the sport even more equal. Yeah. So, um, and then like it's, when men and women are ra- racing together, it's easy to see the men because they are the first. And to see the first women, like in the, they are like in the pack with all the men. Yeah. So it's more difficult to see them. Exactly. So uh, so maybe it could be a solution for to have like two separate races, uh, and then we have this the ultra. I don't know if it's possible to separate that because it's like it's longer and spread more out or. I don't know. Or you can have like one day you'd have the the ultra and the, the marathon for the men, and the next day you have the ultra and the marathon for the for the women. 
or something to have like to spread them in two different days. Maybe that also could be a way. Yeah. Yeah, it's for sure something to to pay attention to and to to think about because um yeah, it's an important issue that uh you know is regards um our sport as a whole, not just in a world championship, but it's even more important at a world championship. So um mm. yeah, I agree. So but uh in total I think the, the championship was very, very good. Um I'm very impressed by uh, what they have done there. Yeah. I also really enjoyed the Innsbruck as a city. I think it's a, like a really good place for outdoor sports and trail running. And uh, the region of mm. Stubai is uh, is really, really cool. Like the mountains, the trails are amazing. So I also had a great yeah. experience. Yeah, it's a very nice place. It's the first time I'm there. Have yeah. you been there before? I have, but just for maybe a day or two, so not for a very long time. And this was a chance to stay in the valley for 10 days. So yeah, mm -hmm. it was it was yeah. really good. That's great. <laughs> okay. Um, I wanted to ask you a little more about uh, your career so far, because yeah. you've been at the top for over 10 years, maybe 15. Um, since you started trail running after doing biathlon and um, maybe this is a dumb question because i i actually don't like it when when they ask it to <laughs> to me or to other athletes but i want to ask you anyway um if there is a secret which of course there is not because in in trail and distance running there are no secrets it's all about nailing the basics um, but as i said i want to ask you anyway what is the yeah. secret, the secret of your consistency at such a high level? I I think uh, to be able to perform at high level over years, it requires a lot of things. Like one thing is uh, that the motivation need to be uh, like from inside, come from inside. Yeah. Something that you like to do. It's not like you're doing it because you get paid or whatever. Motivation needs to come from from yourself. So for me, I really love the movement of running and spending time in the nature. And then the combination of that, then you have trail running or sky running or mountain running. Like it, it's uh, something I really like. That is one thing. So you have to be interested in doing it. And the other thing is that I think happiness in your life matters a lot. Like if you have uh, good relationships and like with your, if you have a partner or friends and your family, like it, all the things need to have like a good relationship there. Um, that I think matters a lot. And for me, I'm, I'm very happy with my life and it's, uh, yeah, I, I think my life is fantastic and that matters a lot to, to also like to enjoy the, enjoy the process. Yeah. Exactly. Like uh, I never, uh, when I run races, I'm the best I can when I'm happy, when I have like, I can smile and enjoy the atmosphere. I not never run when I'm angry or like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's about happiness for me. So I think these things are the main reason for, to be able to perform at high level. And of course, like you need to be uh, like trying to, I don't know, find your own ways, trying to be uh, curious, and test things. I think that is, of, also, of course, very important. And 
also interested in investing as much time as possible in the sport. Yeah. Like if you have too many other things, uh, then it, I think it will be hard to combine it. I think if you need to be at, you want to be at the very best level, you need to have minimum other things to focus on. So uh, ego, <laughs> big ego, bit. maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's true that, uh, especially as the sport is uh, is becoming more and more competitive, athletes need to put a lot of focus and like be very intentional and specific about how they train and how they race. So yeah, it has, it has changed know. a lot. When I started, there was, uh, there was this, uh, Dolmes guy race in 2014 mm -hmm. was, uh, yeah. One of like the first things I did outside Norway. Yeah. And there was um, a lot of runners were running the vertical and two days later, the sky race. And we did that in many other races. Now it's very rare that people are doing two races at the same weekend because the level is so high. And if you want to perform well, you can't do both. Yeah. And it's, it's sad. Uh, like it's good <coughs> and, and bad. Like I, th I think it's sad that uh, less people are running the verticals because I really like the vertical. So w when it comes to sky running, maybe it could be like a you need to do both to get the points or something. <laughs> Like yeah. when it, when you go to a race, it's cool to do uh, as much racing as possible. So it's everyone does both races, then it's fun. Yeah, because everyone is at the same level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, uh, for example, back to the world championship again. When I saw the vertical there, that looks awesome. Yeah. And when I saw it, uh, then I was like regretting not racing it. And then it would be like, okay, if everyone on the marathon has to run the vertical as well, oh, that would be perfect because it looks so fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, reflecting a little bit more on, on your career, I think in 2018, 2019, you had a couple of really good years and you, you were placing really well a lot of times on the podium or close to the podium of big races like the Golden Tour Series. Marathon du Mont Blanc, the Gamma, Dolomites Run, and and so on. But you were not as dominant uh, and you didn't win so many big races like in 2021, 22, and, mm -hmm. and this year. Yeah. Um, I think the only race you've lost in the last two or three years was uh, the Golden Turtle Series. When final you won. In El Hierro. When, when you I won. won. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was a good battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So no, that's uh, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, what has changed compared to the previous year? If anything has changed, like is it something related to your training or your mindset or what is it? Uh, the main thing is like it's several. There has been a change since then. Yeah. Uh, I was not as happy as I am now. That is one thing, like the mental part, and now I'm. Everything is like it's it's better, so it's uh, that's maybe the main reason. And then 2018 and 17, I struggled a lot also with very tight muscles around the hip. So I was able to do okay training. I felt yeah. like I was training better than the per, the uh, uh, the previous years, but I was not able to perform as well in the races. Like it was good results, as you said, like it's, I'm, I'm very proud of the results I did, 
Yeah. But every time there, when I crossed the finish line, I felt like uh, it was was a good race, but uh, I could have done a little bit better. And uh, maybe it could be more about the feeling than maybe if I felt better, the performance could be like much of the same. But the feeling was there that I could have done better. So there was like some it was uh, a lot of good like adventure traveling to all the races and meet uh, like get to know you and all the many other runners. I was like it's nice to take part of the community, but it was also a little bit frustrating not to be able to perform as well as I want to. So uh, and I have been uh, now I solved a lot of these uh, problems with the tight muscle. I go to more treatments like more physio. Yeah. And I do way more stretching. Those okay. things I helped a lot. And also, actually, I tried to do... Back then, I did no, like, more or less zero road running. Okay. Now I now I do maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 sessions a year. So not a lot, like very minimum. Yeah. But still, to do speed work on the track or on the road, I feel that is also uh, stretching of the hip muscles. I feel those things, uh, it helps a little bit to do some of this, uh, like strides or uh, do some yeah. runs 10 times 1,000 meter or something similar on the track. It's uh, It helps. Yeah. So, uh, so it's been a few adjustments with your training and taking care of your body and also a little mental part that was not um, maybe in an ideal situation like it is today. Yeah, like I uh, in uh, uh, let me think, two thousand and twenty, I get to together with my partner now, Katrina Willumsen. Yeah, and uh, that for me was uh, was very good. Like uh, she made me believe in myself. Before that, I didn't believe in myself at all. So uh, those things matters a lot, and of course, I am uh, very happy to be together with her. So that's also like happiness. Yeah. So, uh, so the mental part, I think that is what changed the most. Cool. Yeah, that's it's very interesting, and I think uh, a lot of people can find uh, a lot of inspiration in in what you just said. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, reflecting on your racing experience, you've taken part and won private circuits like the Golden Turtle Series and also institutional events like the World Championship in, in trail running and also in sky running. What is the main difference that you find between the two and uh, with, uh, with the current state of the sport where a lot of times there is uh, a sort of overlap between uh, those private and institutional events that are not really collaborating with each other? Do you see a solution to this? What is your your thought about it? It's uh, yeah, it, it is difficult now with all the yeah the the championships and the series and there's so many of them and they are as you said like they're not working together at all uh, and it's it's difficult to combine and I uh, yeah I've been running Golden Trail series for several years now I think it's nice to do something else for. Uh, to focus on something else and to run. When I saw there was a world championship in mountain running and trail running last year, that was something that really made, like, uh, uh, really want me to focus on something different. Like it, it took my attention. Yeah. So 
that uh, I, I think it's, it's I, I, for me, the, as I said, like the championship is the ultimate race in my opinion. And uh, I hope the championships will, will grow and that will still be like, uh, yeah, growing, growing to be maybe the biggest thing. But you have this private series and many of those races are, are awesome. Like uh, with the, yeah, the Golden Trail, they have this Dolmiscaris, as I call it. I know they call it Dolomites Run, but to me, it is the Sky Race. I think Dolomites yeah, the original is name, name was uh, Dolomites Sky Race. Yeah, and I, I will name it uh, like that because it's the yeah. right thing, in my opinion. I think that race is awesome. That was the yeah. first Sky Race I did, and I really like it. It's That's brutal, a proper like sky straight race. up. Yeah, exactly. Straight up, straight down. It's uh, it's awesome. Uh, and you have like Sagama in the series. It's also like an awesome race. Where uh, like this year you were running in the mud. Yeah. So much. Uh, how mud. was that? But how was that? By the way. <laughs> it was brutal. Like, I'm notoriously not the best runners when the conditions are so tough. But I think it was a really good learning experience because it's not easy to find those conditions and i think it will make everything everything else that i do way easier because i was able to you know to finish a race that was that became so technical because of the conditions yeah. so yeah after a while it became a little bit of a survival experience and uh, and <laughs> yeah. also like i didn't want to get injured so i was mm -hmm. pretty careful to not to take too much risk um and i think like for example manu merias that won of course, he's really good on, on technical terrain, but he also had to take quite a bit of risk to, to run that fast, considering that he ran like 342, which is like crazy yeah. fast on that course, even in normal conditions, mm. uh, even more this year. Yeah. So yeah, like as always, the atmosphere in Zagama is, is amazing. And uh, I was happy with my race, even if I placed, you know, 22nd with may be disappointing to a lot of people but for me it was a good learning experience and i felt good about uh, what i was able to do so yeah, yeah. I, I know that i'm not the best runner out there when it becomes so technical but it's it's always a chance to improve so yeah we, we have like different skills and i i think you did an awesome race i think you did very well <laughs> and, and we know like if it's more runnable like then you're uh like all among the favorites because you're super strong when it's runnable and uh in those kind of races uh oh and, and you uh as you said like it was tough conditions it it depends on how you see it i will say like if it's 30 degrees in the sun then it's way way tougher the conditions yeah because I, I'm, I'm used to running two degrees in rain during the whole winter so i was actually very envied when I saw you uh, saw you racing. I was like, oh, this looks so much fun. Yeah. And uh, so I, w when I saw the race, I was like, oh, I wish I was there. But the after race, like, no, no, I was good that I was not there because I will rather focus more on the World Championship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I wanted so, to but, use... Uh, a I wanted to use yeah. a little bit Zagama as a preparation for, for the World Championship mm -hmm. because uh, originally, like, my focus for the first part of this year was going to be on, on Zagama because... Uh, it's a race that I would like to do very well uh, one yeah. year. But then I had some injuries during the winter and, and the conditions become so tough. So uh, like I basically used it as a big training run or preparation race for, for the World Championship. And in fact, I ran I ran way better in Innsbruck. So yeah, that, that's, that's cool. It's, it's good that uh, 
uh, you was able to make it as a, some kind of training run. That could yeah. be very hard when you have hard when you have the bib on. Yeah, I mean, I still pushed uh, as as well as I could, but knowing that. Yeah, but, but like in the downhills, like to focus more, mm-hmm. like on not not getting injured. And exactly. That that could be very hard when you have the bib on, like yeah. to not like give it all. So, but uh, but yeah, I've we were talking about yeah. Yeah, but we were talking about uh, the different uh, circuits, and uh, yeah, I don't remember like the word you take. Uh, you said for the the championships, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, like institutional events and in- institutional private, events, yeah. private yeah. Um, circuits or, or events. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think there is necessarily a conflict between between the two, but I think mm. working together for a better calendar would make the sport better for. Yeah, yeah I, I, and, and just everyone, I think. Yeah, and as uh, I totally agree. And now the with the championship, they said that they will try to have it uh, before the middle of June and after the middle of uh, September. And I yeah. think that is a good good solution. Yeah. And and then you have this uh, uh, this uh, the association that pro trail running association that you are a part of that yeah. made like a huge job changing the UTMB rules so that now we don't have to perform like if you have like certain amount of uh, this uh, utmb index thing mm-hmm. then then we don't need to qualify by being top three in this uh like a race of the same distance right exactly so i think that is also like an improvement it means like you can just uh let's say you want to do this ccc or something then you can do 100k during the winter or spring as a training run and then you can focus on other races, maybe a championship or something, and then you can pair for the CCC. And I think yeah. that is a, is an improvement. So good job there. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you know, the goal with the Pro Terror Runners Association is to work together with the different uh, institutions and uh, circuits and race organizers in our sport to just make the sport better. We don't want to like change everything, but... We want to give feedback uh, and work side to side to to make things better. And the work that we did with UTMB, I feel like it's a good step in the right direction. So we hope yeah, to, think so too. to be able to do the same with uh, other situations that may not be optimal right now. Yeah. And it helps to like uh, to tell. Like when I saw there was, uh, I think there was UTMB last year was... Uh, when they were on the press conference, where only they take like top ten men, and it was like top I don't know two or three women, mm-hmm. and because too many, so many people say like no, this is not good, and then they took also top ten women. Yeah. So it helps to like t- tell when the things not up. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so I think it's uh, it's an awesome job you're doing there with the uh, <laughs> with the calendar, with the environment, focus on this to equality between men and women. And uh, yeah, a lot of other different topics. I think it's it's uh, it's fantastic. Thank you. Well, that's for the support that you're giving us, and for the support of all the elite runners that are part of the organization. So we should not forget that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it's uh, yeah, it's good good that we have this focus. So, thank yeah. you. Um, maybe the the final question that I have for today. Um, who is someone that inspires you? Like a person that really 
is a role model for you can be both inside or outside the sport? Uh, I have to say someone that's inspired me is uh, uh, actually a football player that was playing in this local team here in Bergen. And the reason for, for that is that uh, this guy, he was yeah, some, he was not like an athlete. He had like a big stomach. He was not fit at all. Maybe the most lazy player that ever played for Norway ever in the, like, uh, yeah. Uh, but the cool thing was that with him was he was playing. Like he was out there just having fun. He was, this player, he was uh, too lazy to do running sessions with the club. He was just hiding in the bushes and uh, went to the gas station to buy hot dogs. Uh, so, but this guy was just out there having fun. Uh, and yeah, because of this, I, he has inspired me just to have fun. So uh, maybe not the person you would expect me to say, but... Uh, That's cool. Yeah. So for me, it's uh, the whole thing is about having fun. That's why I'm doing this. It's not to make a lot of money. It's not to be become famous. It's because having fun. And I feel I'm doing that at the moment. Like uh, So this guy is called Raimund Kvisik. I can maybe send you a picture. Hmm. Uh, super lazy football player. Uh, has been a big inspiration. <laughs> That's cool. Stian, it's been awesome to, to talk to you. Uh, and it was a pleasure to, to race with you at this World Championship and in the many races that we did together. Uh, I hope the recovery goes well and I hope to see you soon this summer. Yeah, thank you. Likewise, it was very, very nice to talk to you. And by the way, what is your race plan for this year so far? Yeah, um, so depending on how I recover from from this, uh, uh, this, this little run in the woods, um, <laughs> I will <laughs> possibly run uh, at Lavaredo, the 50K, in uh ah, awesome a little less than 10 days just yeah, yeah it's about one week mm. from today and then the next big focus is uh Serzinal. so i will spend a month okay. of july uh training maybe in altitude to to get ready for Serzinal. Mm. Awesome. and then if I, if I can do one of the utmb races maybe occ or ccc i will i will go there so that's the plan okay Cool. I, I like like the focus, like a focus on long time for uh, Sears and all. I hope, really hope that will be a good race for you. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw there was uh, in mountain running, they had a race in the end of, uh, no, the 20th something in July in uh, in Chamonix area. Uh, yeah, in, uh, in uh, La Monte de Nidagli in Saint Gervais, probably. Yeah, that is a race you've done, right? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think you may, maybe like I will run Dolmes Garris and come here double vertical cool. before uh, before OCC. But I was thinking maybe that could be a fun race. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely suggest going there. Okay. If you can recommend it, then I'll probably go. Yeah. I will definitely recommend <laughs> it. I think they changed a little bit the course this year. But uh, okay. yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a really nice uphill race. Oh, that sounds good. And the uh, Sears Null could also be fun to do. The problem is that it's the same day as my daughter become two years old. Uh -huh. And I was I was not there on the first birthday because I was racing an uphill race in Norway. So we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll also be there. <laughs> cool. All right. So, but uh, cool. <laughs> but very nice to talk with you and yeah. uh, good recovery. 
and uh, have fun in Lavaredo. Thank you. Thank you. Have a, have a great day and thanks for having been with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to our great interview today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting us with a rating and a review in your podcast player or by sharing it on social media, tagging me and Bertrand. We would really appreciate that. If you haven't already downloaded the Bertrand app, I encourage you to do so. There, you can connect for free with our trail runners of all levels in the Bertrand community in our in-app groups. You can stay in trail shape with our free workout videos and get affordable coaching for your next trail running goal for only $25 a month. Thanks again for being here today. Until next time, I'm Francesco Puppi. Thank you for listening to Running Long.